started to tease this, you know, they tease things on the radio and all this stuff. Tune in tonight. Uh, I started to tell you, tune in tonight and let's let's see who the false prophet is and the Antichrist. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think Scripture is telling us, but I started to give you names just to see if you'd show up. Uh, extra people. It's like, is, is the Antichrist Bill Gates, all right? Um, I'm just kidding about that. I mean, kind of. But... Um, you know, or is the Antichrist, uh, to make sure I get both sides, Donald Trump, all right? Because some people believe that. Um, you know, I, I don't believe either of those, by the way. I don't, I don't believe either of those. But you've heard that. If you have done any kind of uh, talk about Revelation, this is where people love to go. They love to start, you know, with that war in heaven with the dragon, and they love to talk about the Antichrist and the kingdoms and who the kingdoms are and how that's figured out. Most people don't want to go to the letters, which are the best part of Revelation, the letters of the churches, uh, the, are the part we can get a lot of meat. They want to come straight to this uh, prophecy and, they, and try to figure it out. And they try to put all this stuff together, and they go, oh, uh, I, I, I think I got it figured out. I think the Antichrist is definitely, it, it was definitely Jimmy Carter, or Ronald Reagan, or it's definitely Saddam Hussein. Uh, and some people even say it's got to come from Europe, the European Union, or, and, and that's where the 10 comes from. But, you know, here, here's, we'll, we'll get into it tonight. Uh, but it, I know it, it stirs people's interest. Um, but I told you last week, I believe, or maybe two weeks ago, is that the, you know, the young man that was asking where my stance is on all this, and, and this is, again, where I'm at and where I've been pretty consistently the whole time. There are some parts of this that I do believe are 100% literal, um, especially the letters of the churches. John really wasn't sugarcoating anything there. He spelled it out for them and told them, you know, he just put it in terms they understood, like hot and cold for Laodicea and things like that. Then there are some things that are uh, definitely symbolic and, um, you know, maybe even written in code, as some people say. You have to remember that when this was written, probably 95 AD, and there was heavy persecution going on in Rome there, John was writing probably about a lot of the stuff that's going on then, because he's writing to a church. He's writing specifically to these churches. And he wouldn't write to these churches and go, hey, this is what's gonna happen thousands of years from now. He's writing to them for what's going on now, and that doesn't mean that it's not going to take place in the future, some of it, but, but some of it's not. And, and so we, we have to be careful sometimes uh, of assigning, oh, this is so literal. And so let's dive into it and we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. And I saw a beast uh, rising out of the sea. I do this all the time. I say a verse and then I'm like, oh, I forgot to do a little bit more intro. Uh, if you back up, remember the sevens that they come out and the seven bowls and the seven rats and are unleashed. And then when we did that last week, we got the woman and the dragon and the fight in heaven. So all this is a part of that. Remember, this is a part of the seven years of the, the tribulation that's going on. And the, the, pre, the pre rapture or the rapture people, the premillennial, um, pre trib, they believe. Christians are gone at this point. Believers are gone. They've been raptured out during this. Other people don't. I don't necessarily believe that, that we will be raptured out uh, of the tribulation, but this is that seven-year period that's going on here, 
and it's very specific. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads and with 10 diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its head. Now, a lot going on here already, and, and I put it in your notes. If you go way back to early commentators, a lot of them really believe, and, and a couple of the ones that I even read this week believe it, that when it, when it talks about the sea, it's referring to Gentiles, and when it talked about the land, it'd be talking about Israel, because the sea was kind of bad, and, and that's where the storms came from. That's what people feared. And, and it's just really not a lot of evidence for that based on the, the academic scholars that I read and really on my own reading. It's like I don't see a lot of that. I'm not saying it's wrong. But so that's what's going on here. Now, in order to get, get a full understanding of this, we're going to have to go to Daniel 7 here in just a minute. So fish, just have that on the quick. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. Remember, it's like a, doesn't mean they are. It just means that's what John saw. Man, it looks like that. You know, we can go outside and look at a cloud. You might see a dog and I might see a lion, but that looks like a lion. You're like, that looks like a dog. This is a vision, so it's not literal. It's that they look like this. On one of its heads, I'm sorry, let me back up. And, and to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. We established last week that the dragon was Satan, all right, because it says it. Um, and so Satan gives this beast its authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words for it. Um, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. That's half of the tribulation time. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of, of, the, in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with a sword, with a sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. All right, now let's take a brief break on Revelation. Fish, if you'll put up uh, Daniel 7. And I forgot to earmark it in my own Bible there, so let me get there. If I don't find it quickly, I'll just go with catfishes up there. So in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream in the visions of his head, and he lay as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts come out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one like a bear, it was raised up on one side, had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told to rise, devour much flesh. After this, I looked, and behold, another like a leper with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given it. Now pause right there real quick. These 
same thing that was in Revelation, their, their order is reversed and it was like a bear and like a lion. After this, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all other beasts that were before it. So here we go. It had 10 horns. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one. This is the only difference in the revelation one before which three of the first horns were plucked up by its roots. And behold, in the horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So I'm trying to think if I can just kind of, well, let me, let me just, let's go to uh, fish, skip to 15 there. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. So then skip down to 23, because this is the, the, the fourth beast is the one that parallels the one in Revelation. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for times, times and a half, which is the same time that we have there in Revelation. So this fourth beast in Daniel is like the one that comes up here. And it said this beast would have power over all the earth. Now, here's where we can we can go with this one or, or where a lot of people have went with this one and it is this that they they believe it was rome when you when you look at it john was writing you know about rome the 10 uh you know the 10 or the 10 emperors some people divide and choose that a little bit different um and the, the seven heads there you see i think i wrote that down or sometimes believed to be egypt assyria the Persian Empire, Greece, Rome, and the last empire. Now, some think that Rome itself are the injured head and that it will come back and be the last empire. And, and so there are people that, that read into this. Now, there's, there's some difficulty with, with this, um, as I, I put there on your notes, um, with this interpretation. This is the more historical, almost completely praetorist view of this, uh, that these are, that it comes from Rome. Now, let's go back and kind of look real quick on what we know. There's a beast, we know that, and, and we know that, you know, it, it's got these things that it looks like. And we know he gets his power from the dragon, which is the devil, Satan himself. And it says they worship the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast. And he, the, the beast was given this, these blasphemous words, and it was allowed to make war on the saints. And so here's where I'm at personally with this, and you can disagree with me. And if I were joking, I'd say you could be wrong. You may be right. This is just where I'm at. I'm, I'm certainly not dogmatic on this. Uh, I, I don't believe that this beast or even the next one we're going to look at here in a minute are, are, are humans. 
I don't believe it was Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalling, or anybody like that. I believe it is spiritual. I believe it is offspring of Satan uh, because the the horns and all this stuff, the the diadems. By the way, I didn't really break that down earlier. The diadems. We've been talking about that. That's the that's remember different from Stephanos, which is like a, a crown for a race. These are the victors' crowns here, and so. I believe when you when you look at it and, and break it down, I think I wrote it in there, the family resistance between the dragon and the beast. Both have seven heads and ten horns. The crowns do differ a little, but some say the beast is the dragon's offspring. I, I believe it is that. I believe it is a, a evil spirit. I believe it is from Satan himself. Uh, there are a lot of similarities. The dragon is trying to deceive the whole world. The beast, as we'll see, is constantly deceiving. The dragon persecutes Christians, and he utters blasphemies, just like Satan. So he is released. And also, if, if you look at it, if you trace it far enough, where did this beast come from originally? It was released from the abyss, and, and it comes up. So that's, that's my personal stance on this. Again, I, I could be off on that. But I believe this being, and so if you keep pushing me, um, on if you, you keep saying okay, keep going. When does it happen? I, I, that part, you know, is I, I still read and study with. I, I don't know. It could be going on right now. I mean, it could be. We because you, if you go literal, then it's only going to last this time, times and times and a half, or forty-two months, or three and a half years. Um, but we don't. You know, we don't always know if John meant that as literal. So it, it could go on longer than we think. I, I don't know for sure on that. Again, I may be wrong. There may be a literal physical uh, Antichrist come. But I, I believe that it is, um, it is a spiritual uh, evil, uh, evil being. And, uh, and I believe that these things are going to come to pass through it. And you're like, well, how, how does people... People don't really worship Satan. I, I would disagree with that. I think people worship at the altar of Satan every day. And, and I think the same can be said for the Antichrist here. And it's going to utter blasphemies. I, I don't think there's probably ever been a time in the world where people are more blasphemous of God's name than they are now. Um, nobody holds God's name sacred. I get we didn't have media and TV thousands and hundreds of years ago and I get that people were probably blasphemous then but it's one thing for somebody to be blasphemous in Israel or Rome in 95 AD and three people hear it as opposed to now and it's these mass media and people just continue to dive in and so I, I believe this is what I believe here now normally it's not I just say this what does God's word say and and we do say that that's what we want to say what does, what does God's word say here? And so that's, that's all we can go by. But if you look at it there, if you, if you look at the, and where did I put that Genesis 3.15? Uh, if you go all the way back to that, remember the curse in the garden? And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So I, I believe this is going back to that. I, I really do that that man has bruised this Antichrist head here. And uh, I, that that's where I'm going with this. Now, again, we can disagree on this. So then there comes a second beast, 
which a lot of people label it like this. You got the Antichrist, then you got the false prophet here. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had 10 horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. So this one is a little more appealing. Uh, not quite as dramatic and maybe as dominant and as ugly as the other one. This one looks like a lamb, all right? But it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. So it has the same authority and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. So this wound that we talked about was healed. Again, it, look, it can very well be a physical being being used through the Antichrist or the, the false prophet. We don't know for sure. But what we do know is it said that people are going to listen to this creature. People are going to be swayed by it. Not just by its blasphemies, but, but by its smooth tongue. And I know, again, you've heard certain people, well, that's, that's why he's labeled this Antichrist, because he's a smooth talker and he's a deceiver, which is a very big part of this. And so whether it is human only or evil spirit working through a human, uh, which is what it would be, um, we, we do know that it is using deception. It's not going to just come out and go, hey, I'm the Antichrist. Uh, you need to follow me. But there's, there's just been, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of bad interpretations of this. Um, I mean, you can, you can read up on anything. You know, you can go back to the Waco stuff and a lot of stuff that misinterpret a lot of this stuff. And we'll get into it here in just a second. I think I'm running out of time, so let me let me move on. Uh, it says it performs great signs. Now, this word here, when we have it in the New Testament, signs and wonders. Um, based on my study, th this usage, this word, there's three usages or three words that they normally use for this. And for this usage, it would be something akin to uh, like lightning or fire, thunder, not for the purpose of, of healing somebody, not not really for that, but just a, a miraculous sign. And so this person is gonna be, or this, this being is gonna be given this authority to have great signs and to making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And what did, you know, Jesus spoke on this. You people ask for signs and you ask for signs of the time and you just gotta believe. And he says, and by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceived those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So now we go in from he's using signs to deceive people to now he's using idolatry to deceive people. We, we, we can easily see that, not just in America, but anywhere that idolatry deceives people. Um, and let's see, that was wounded by the sword, verse 15, and it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now, before we go any further, let's tackle this, and I don't think we'll have any disagreement here. People say, where, where, does, where does Antichrist and where does the false prophet, but those beasts, where do they get their power? 
and uh, it's it's two pronged thing as most of you know number one they they get it from the dragon which is Satan and you're like wait a minute is, is Satan sovereign no they are allowed by God's will they are allowed to do this it's not that God is about evil God doesn't you know support evil God doesn't bring evil about that's Satan but until Satan is bound until these evil spirits are bound they are running free on earth as we looked at last week their time is short and so they're they're going they're working into overtime so it's that kind of that double-edged sword that yes God is ultimately in control and so he allows yes this Antichrist or this false prophet or this beast he allows him the ability to wreak havoc but he ultimately gets his power from the father of lies, which is Satan. And so it's kind of a double thing there. Uh, verse 16, also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the forehead. Now before we get into that, let's look at this. So what's going on with the saints? If you back up even in that last one and in this one, uh, these beasts were given authority to kind of wreak havoc. But nowhere does it tell them to fight back. Now, I'm not saying as Christians we are to just lay back or lie down. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I think sometimes we, we do get ahead of ourselves uh, when we, we want to fight, you know, and, and do things. Whereas they're told here to, to just endure. All right. Verse 17 says, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast the number or its name this calls for wisdom let the one who's understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of man and his number is six 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 now again much has been talked about about this uh you know the the mark of the beast but if i think let's see where did i put it uh i think it's yes next from the last on the back page the word here for mark can mean several things it can mean a snake biting and etching or even a brand and there's various interpretations for that the text actually never says what the mark will be so let's read it again and where it says that uh, also it causes all both small and great both rich and poor both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so it doesn't say what the mark is the number six is for all we know is one short of perfection so it's just unending six 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 because seven 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 would be perfection but as we, we know here, several things going on as I run out of time. Here are these beasts that are unleashed. Now, this is this great war that's going to happen near the end. And, you know, the dragon has, if, if you, well, some people believe this has already happened, okay? And that's where you've got to just read this stuff carefully because when you read the Satan was thrown down to earth, we... At least again this is where I'm at on this that that happened pre-man and and that's been settled and Adam is there at fight now some people even go and say this is the same thing this was part of that battle uh, but this is where I go a little bit different that this is going to happen in the end that these this these two beasts are going to be unleashed and there's going to be this great war and there's they're going to come against Christians but I want you to go back to verse 8. It says, And all who dwell on earth will worship at everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life 
of the lamb who was slain. So how do we combat this? It's always the answer here is Jesus. There's, you know, we, we, we want to stand up, obviously. Paul says our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against evil forces. Yes, we combat that with the, you know, the armor of God. We get all of that. But ultimately, our, 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 not only our weapon, but ultimately our save, our saving grace, our saving whatever you want to, word you want to put in there, goes back to the blood of the Lamb. Because it was the Lamb who was slain for us. And it says then there in verse 10, here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. Now, we're going to get into the real good part in the end, and is what I use a lot of times in Scripture, and there's no more tears when we get to that new Jerusalem. But this is what we have to understand here as believers. We're never promised on this earth it would be easy. That's why I don't believe in pre-trib. I, I don't believe that anywhere does God's people, does God say, hey, I'm going to bring you out of all trouble. And we may be wrong, and if I am, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. But what, what we are told to do is endure and endure with faith. So we look at all this stuff. We look around us today. Man, it's easy to get frustrated. It's, it's easy to get frustrated with Republicans, Democrats, with everybody. It's easy to get frustrated with the craziness going on in the world. And, you know, I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, go, what's going on, Lord? I mean, why, why is this happening? I know you're there, but, I mean, if we're just completely honest, we're like, Lord, why don't you just come change all this? But, I mean, that everything that's unfolding is scriptural. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how it's going to happen, that the next president's the seventh horn or all, anything like that. I'm just telling you that there's going to be trial and tribulation. Jesus taught us that. And, and he says, but this is a call for endurance and the faith of the saints. And, and that endurance and that faith all comes through Jesus. Now, it's not over, all right? So next week we get into the Lamb. Well, not next week. Let me warn you. Next week we are off because that's our midweek. One week we shut down for Bible school and everybody takes a break because we're really tired of kids by that point uh, and we just need a break. But the 144,000, that's very debatable by some different, I don't want to, I don't, not necessarily Christian groups, but uh, some different sects that believe they know who the 144 are. So we're going to get into that. So this, this is still going to keep going on until we get to the end, and then we're going to see the victory through all of this. So what do we do with all this? And I'm done. What do we do with all this? Because this can be overwhelming. If we sit there and try to figure out who the Antichrist is, your mind's going to go forever because it, it's just going to be hard. Um, you, if you've got good theories, I'd be glad to hear them because I do love hearing them uh, on who you think the Antichrist is. Uh, but this this is... Here's the good news. It's always the good news is that it's the battle's been won, and the Lamb has won, and um, and so we we take confidence in that that we are saved and rescued by the blood of the Lamb, not by anything we do. And so ultimately, we don't have to fear these beasts, these false prophets. 
But we do, we do for our own sake and for others, we want to guard against them. I didn't have time to get into all this because it's pretty clear these people are going to be crafted with words. And I mean, I've had people ask me, do you think it could be a preacher? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I will not ever say the preacher's online. People have been accused of being that false prophet. But it's nobody here because nobody here has a big enough audience in Morgan County. But because you've got to be able to deceive a lot of people. So this is what I tell you. And I, I tell our Sunday school classes all the time. Be like the Bereans. Don't, just because I said it, don't believe it. I mean, I hope I'm not saying anything false, but study the scriptures yourself. Get into the scriptures. And if somebody says something on TV or YouTube, and you're like, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that. I don't know that I've ever heard that we should unhitch from the Old Testament. Let me, let me go study scripture and make sure on that. So anyway, that's what... God gave me to give to you today. I hope it I hope it was a word from God. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being good to us. Your grace and your mercy is so overwhelming. Uh, we don't deserve it. Thank you for your word. My prayer is that it's not confusing. You're not a God of confusion. So if we leave here confused, it is something I've done wrong or something that is, uh, we're being tempted uh, by evil spirits. So help us to not leave here with confusion. Help us to just leave here knowing this one thing that Jesus is on his throne right now in heaven and that he died for us. And we thank you for that. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for letting me be your pastor.